Welcome to Yours, Mine, and Ours. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and I'm a relationship and success coach. My show is about making relationships work. When I started out as a coach 15 years ago, I was a life coach. Well, what is that? You know what? If you grab five random life coaches off the street, you'll get everyone from someone selling you a, a beautiful health product that'll make your life better. Yeah, that's actually multi-level marketing. Or, you know what, a life coach could be someone who is a shrink in denial, which is what my son used to call me. Or a life coach could be someone who teaches you transcendental meditation to find true spiritual balance. Okay, well, you know what, you're right, there's too many of those, they're a dime a dozen. So I switched to a relationship coach, because you know what? As a life coach, when my first client was the assistant district attorney of a large metropolitan area, he came to me and said, I just want to know how to be happy. And you know what? Relationships, healthy, good relationships are what make people happy. Now, I'm going to go ahead and talk about something that most people have heard about, personality profiling, the MBTI personality profile system, and I'm going to open up the phone lines to all of the listeners who have specific questions, or if you just want to make comments, you can go to the bbsradio.com website. That's bbsradio.com slash yours, mine, and ours. That's the page where you can get onto the shout box and write up a quick question if you just want to ask but don't really want to call in. Otherwise, my producer, Doug, will go ahead and answer the phone calls from listeners. You can call 888-627-6008. And I'm still getting comfortable with this computer here in front of me because I'm not in a studio. And that's okay. Don't we love the coronavirus? Now, let's talk about this. What I really want people to understand is when you're in a relationship, you actually need to be together with people. Now, this coronavirus has actually presented a challenge to people because people are really taking a step back, not only physically from each other, but emotionally also. You know what? Sometimes when we're just alone all day, every day, working from home, it's not the same as when you go into an office. We do need to be together. And so when we have a chance to kind of sit alone and reflect some people are thinking, well, am I ever going to get back to work? <laughs> well, I, I do need to do the work, but it's just not the same. Or some companies are saying, you know what? Your job doesn't exist anymore. We have to figure out what we're going to do now with this different social dynamic and the different economic situation. Well, your need for relationships doesn't go away just because you could potentially catch a deadly disease that, okay, we still don't know what it is or how it works. But maybe this is a time for you to take advantage of an opportunity to make a change in your life. Understand your true nature. That's what's important because it's going to help you know what to do for yourself and maybe even ask for help from people who would love to make your life more successful. Well, you know what? If you put the mask on yourself, if someone else is helping you, that would make them more happy and more successful. Let's get back to the basics. There's more joy in giving than there is in receiving. We can all agree on that, even if it's just in principle. Okay, so let's talk about the value of knowing your personality profile. A lot of people have had their MBTI personality profile done, right? A lot of people have heard of it. A lot of people know what it is. 
Well, there are some complaints. People have had complaints about them, the, the personality profile system. Well, some very common themes are, well, I took it more than once and I got a different outcome. Okay, well, that could happen for a couple of different reasons. Well, depending on where and when and how you took the test, you could have different kinds of questions being posed to you. Okay, well, that could lead to the second challenge. You may have taken an electronic version where you're simply asked to choose between two words. Well, the reason that... Did you miss me? <laughs> Don't you just gotta love technology? And that's why I always say my favorite joke is the computer's gender. It's like a man in that, you know what, it won't do anything until you turn it on. <laughs> but it's a lot like a woman that, you know, you just say, oh my gosh, only their creator understands, really, their internal logic. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about really making sure you know what's going to make you happy. Maybe you need to find a job or a lifestyle, make a choice, taking advantage of the opportunity to make a, a, a change in your life, maybe just a small modification. When you understand your personality, you can not only be more successful because you're more proactive, because you're more informed, but when you communicate with others, you make them a part of your success. That is one of the best gifts that you can give to the people in your life. They do enjoy success, even if it's someone else's, if they know they have been a part of it. Now, a common tool that I use in my practice is the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Personality Profile System. Some people have some mm, challenges. Some people have some complaints about it. <clears throat> Excuse me, how it works. They may have taken it more than once and actually had different results, different outcomes. Well, that means, you know, maybe it's kind of a faulty system. Well, that could happen for a few different reasons. They may have actually felt differently on different days. That didn't mean their personality changed. The way that they had the questions posed might have been a little hard to understand. That's why it's very important to have a professional with you when you're taking it, even if it's just for supervision and accessibility when you have questions. Or they may have taken an electronic version where they are simply asked to choose between two words. Well, the potential problem there is very different people could see the exact same words in very different ways. It's important that you take a version where you're given an entire sentence, a complete phrase to indicate a thought or a concept, an idea in its entirety that you can choose. Or maybe their behavior has actually changed over time, so they conclude that their personality has actually changed. Well, just because your behavior has changed doesn't mean your nature has changed. Nurture can definitely create gifts, talents, strengths, and abilities to manifest in different ways. And when we learn things, we do become a better version of ourselves, but sometimes situations, circumstances just demand that you do things that are not your true nature. Or sometimes they're not honest in their answers or they're judgmental about the results. If they've been told that certain things are just bad things to do, their inherent 
inclination is going to be resisting admitting that they do those things because they don't want to be a bad person. Well, let's just say right here, right now, no personality is bad. No disposition is bad. It's simply the way that it could be manifest. Any strength out of balance inherently becomes a weakness. So all personalities are good, but not all behaviors are pleasant. <laughs> or this is the one that really bothers me, I think, the most personally, is that they use it to justify taking a closed-minded approach to dealing with other people. That's never okay. It's never good to avoid doing the work to get to know someone. Just because they have a certain personality profile doesn't mean they are the um, cookie cutter of anybody or anything else. You do still need to get to take the time to get to know someone. Okay, and you know what? It's good just to know someone's personality, especially your own, because it'll help you understand what's easiest for you in life so you can maximize your gifts and talents. And it'll also help you understand what's hardest for you naturally just because some things are going to be more challenging for you than others, and that's okay. It helps you to be more patient and understanding with yourself, and then by extension, that carries over to other people. And it helps you to know what you need to spend the most time doing consistently in order to be happy. Because you know what? If you're a plane, you do need to fly. Driving along the highway just isn't going to make you the same kind of happy. And what do you need to do to take care of yourself when you're doing it? Okay, there are just going to be certain things that in life you're going to have to do that you don't want to do. You need to take care of yourself while you are doing things that are not true to your nature. And that's okay too. Understanding your personality will also help you know how to take care of yourself in the best way for you. That might be very different from someone else. And most importantly, we're going to get into it in the show a little bit later. When is it time for real counseling with a professional a mental health expert. That might need to happen if you understand that for your personality, that particular behavior is actually a red flag. But you know what? For another personality, that might be something very healthy and very normal and actually kind of impressive. So when you know and understand your nature, it's good to be able to say that you know confidently, yeah, I do need actually some professional help. Okay, so... Again, the phone number here, if you want to call in, is 888-627-6008 and bbsradio.com slash yours, mine, and ours has a shout box on the left side of the page. If you don't want to call in but you still have a question you want to pose, go ahead and go to the website, type in your message, and I'll periodically check, but I have a great producer here. His name is Doug, so if you want to call in and, and ask him a question, then he can let me know, and we'll go ahead and take the, the callers as they come. So I've also talked about the BBS, I'm sorry, <laughs> MBTI profile system in a couple of my previous shows. BBS Radio has a great archive on my page. If you go about halfway down the page, below the relationship coaching, you'll see four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine different boxes here. If you go to the one that says archives, that's in all capital letters, 
you'll see that on March 4th, I cover the dichotomies in detail. So that will actually help you pick out the letters of your personality. And then on April 15th, I did a show about the functional order in a very technical way, in a very formal way. So those were kind of the more academic details, which you could also get all of that information on the internet. All you have to do is type in MBTI and you'll be flooded with all kinds of information. But today we're gonna get more specifically into the functional order and what those activities specifically are. Now it might be difficult for you at first to say, well, you know what? I know this is who I am. I know this is what I think and I know this is how I feel. Because again, your life experience may have taught you to, you can go ahead and put that to the side. This is what you need to do. If you want to be healthy and happy and successful in the world, you just might need to compartmentalize and bury certain things about yourself. I've actually coached people for up to two years before they were able to truly, honestly, and confidently say, this is actually what's going on inside of me, even though it's very different from what I do. Because you know what? The truth is, and this is the great thing about us people, everyone can do anything. All we have to have is, you know, some formal training, probably, some very patient training sometimes, and a whole lot of practice. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about first is the four different levels of activity. And this is the first thing I tell people when they say to me, well, you know what? I'm all these things. I do all these things. What you do is your behavior. How and why you do it is your personality. So the four different levels of activity, before we even get into what any of the letters are, conceptually, let's understand there's dominant, auxiliary, tertiary, and inferior levels of activity. Now, the dominant function is like breathing. The auxiliary function is like eating. The tertiary function is like walking. And the inferior function is like running. But the tertiary and inferior functions, the walking and running, are things that are not your personality that you still do during the day. Your walking, you know, that's an activity that you do need to do just in order to be successful for an extended period of time. And you can get really, really good at those things. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and think about the, the, the different things about functionality. If you are still going to do things that are just not your nature, you need to put them in the context of, you know what, I need to take care of myself while I'm doing things that are not my personality's inherent tendency. So stop and think about this throughout the day. Take a little inventory. And I'm back again. So <laughs> I really do think that technology is important. But this is a really good example of why maybe this coronavirus thing is is a good thing, a blessing in disguise, because it's making us realize how much we rely on technology, which goes right back into what I'm saying about how your nature, your true nature, how much of what you do during the day is truly your nature, and how much of it is just because if you don't do this, you're not going to have the success and money and power and 
So obviously that's happiness, right? Well, no, it's not. But how how much are you going to have if you don't do certain things in your life that are mandatory things? Okay, so the four different levels of function are dominant, auxiliary, tertiary, and inferior. I'm going to keep using those vocabulary words throughout the show today just to make sure you remember that dominant is like breathing. It's so easy. You don't even have to think about it. Auxiliary is like eating. It's not really hard and it's actually pretty enjoyable most of the time. Tertiary is like walking. You can't really complain about it because it's not too hard, but you really don't want to do it for too long or too much, (laughs) too many times because it can be exhausting. And then the inferior is like running. It's hard. It's just plain hard. And your body resists you and you don't want to do it any more than you absolutely have to unless you have a good reason. So your dominant and your auxiliary function are your personality. The tertiary and inferior functions are things you do that are not your natural personality, but you're still going to have to do them. And so when we're talking about the different letters of your personality, think about how many things in life do you do that's so easy for you, it's like breathing. How much of what you do in your life is, yeah, it's pretty comfortable, it's pretty enjoyable, it's like eating. You would do it pretty much any time you felt like it. How much for you is like walking? You can do it, and you can actually do it for a really long time if you need to, but you're kind of tired when you're done. And how much for you is like running, sometimes running uphill, sometimes running uphill barefoot in the snow, but you still got to do it. Well, think about that. What kind of activities are there? Now, I've, I've covered the different letters, but I'm going to go over them real briefly again because we're almost halfway through the show. But I'm going to go ahead and give the listeners the phone number and website again. The number, if you want to call in and ask a question, is 888-627-6008. Or you can go to bbsradio.com slash yours, mine, and ours and pose a question on the shout box. Okay, and again, I'm thinking we're having some some connection issues here today. So thank you for your patience, and we'll make it through this this like let's see next 40 minutes, just fine. Okay, so the four dichotomies. A real quick overview. The first one is about your social energy. Now think again in the context of not what you do. What you do is your behavior. How easy and enjoyable it is for you. That's your personality. Okay. The first one is introvert or extrovert. Your social energy. Everybody does some things in a socially interactive way and they do other things better when they're alone. The question is, do you do things more, preferably, naturally and enjoyably when you're directly involving other people in your life? If you like to have a lot of relationships, just generally speaking, if you like to be socially interactive with people that you might not even know. And if you have the ability to be very verbal in front of a lot of people very comfortably, then you're probably an extrovert. An introvert is someone who gets their energy from inside themselves. So they do need to be alone in order to build up their energy supply. So then when they're interacting with people, they only share their energy when it's very important or when the person they're with is very important. So an introvert would be able to say, you know what? 
I like a lot of people, but I don't necessarily call them my friend. Okay, well, that's an important thing. It's an important thing to remember. You can like a lot of people, but if you don't use the word friend very often, then you're probably an introvert. Or if when you're talking to someone and you don't like to be interrupted, then uh, I think I might have gotten cut off again. <laughs> Hello, Doug. Am I still on the air? <laughs> you are still on the air. Can you hear me? Okay. I don't Can you hear me? network connection. Can you hear okay. me? Okay. So I'm just going to keep talking in the event that, you know what, there is someone out there still listening. <laughs> okay. I just got to, you can hear me. Okay, good. Thank you, Doug. Okay. So if you are someone who really does prefer to have intimate friendships, then you're probably an introvert. Okay. So we're talking about the fact that some people, they say, I'm an introvert and an extrovert. Well, no, you're not. You're one or the other. You just do one more comfortably than the other. And I had the show on March 4th. You can go into the archives and listen to it again to talk about each of the dichotomies. But I'm going to go through it again real quickly today. The second part of your personality, the second letter is either S or N. Now, Sensory or intuitive. Now, obviously, the word intuitive starts with an I, but the I has been delegated to introvert. So they're taking the second letter of the word intuitive, and that's the N. So the first one is either E or I. The second one is either S or N. Now, thinking about this without getting too technical, just real basic common sense kind of language. We have five senses, and they're always going. We hear and smell and touch and taste and see things all the time okay those are our senses that never turn off even when we are asleep and then we have the part of our mind that is putting all the different thoughts and experiences and pieces of experiences that our senses are getting well you know what it's putting together complete thoughts and ideas that is the intuition in terms of MBTI. The question is, do you focus, generally speaking, on the things going on around you in your physical world, in the immediate present, or do you think, focus, really ponder more on what's going on inside of you and your thoughts and your feelings about your external experiences? If you are sensory, you're very aware of everything going on around you and you're very absorbed in your physical experiences. If you're intuitive, you are more focused on and aware of what you're thinking and feeling inside of yourself in response to those experiences. Now, even some people have a hard time with that. So I like to give an example, a practical daily life example. My husband is very sensory and I'm very intuitive. The sensor person can literally open up the cupboard and see exactly what's there. It's like they see everything all at once. <laughs> An intuitive can open the cupboard and say, hmm, what am I looking for? Oh, yeah, right, right, right. The, the Montreal steak seasoning. Hmm, I wonder where that is. And they're actually thinking about something else. It can take some effort just to stay focused on what am I looking for? And they could be looking right at the steak seasoning and not see it. Okay, that's an intuitive. That's more me. The great thing about sensors is they're great about getting things done right here, right now successfully and very, very well. 
intuitives, the best thing about them is when they understand things that why does that mean that or what does that have to do with something else that might not have anything to do with it, but it means they understand things in a big picture, long-term way. They are very much about getting things ready for what's going to happen and taking care of things even after they're done. A sensor would say, you know what, we'll deal with it when it happens or it already happened, let's let's just keep moving forward. An intuitive would say, no, you know what, it really is about the deeper meaning and the connection of things in the big picture about life. Okay, the third letter of your personality is about how you make decisions. You're either a thinker or a feeler. Now, a lot of people say, I'm both. No, you actually do both. And that's good. It's important for you to be able to do both. But again, let's go back to what's easy for you, what's naturally um, pleasurable, pleasing for you, and what are you really, really good at without having to do any work in order to be good at it. Okay, so thinkers are about making decisions based on information and facts, objectively, rationally. Feelers are really about making decisions based on the emotional needs of others. You know what? A lot of thinkers are very emotional. Being a feeler is not about being emotional. And a lot of feelers are very smart. Being a thinker is not about being smart. Being a feeler is about being sensitive to the emotional needs of other people. And being comfortable making a decision that, you know what? That is just stupid. Well, But you know what? It's going to make someone happy. And when people are happy, the world is a better place. It doesn't have to make logical, rational sense in order for it to be the smartest thing to do because it is about people and their feelings. And then the last letter of your personality is about how you carry out the decisions that you've made. You're either a perceiver or a judger. Now, a perceiver is someone who decides, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Each time we do it, we're going to do it in a different way based on our environment, based on the things going on around us. We have to be flexible and adaptable and spontaneous and laid back. And a judger would say, no, actually, that's going to create chaos and anarchy in the world. We need to have things structured and consistent and planned and predictable because when we have those kinds of boundaries and established rules and standards, that creates stability for people. And when people are stable, the world is stable. And when the world is stable, everything is more successful. And a perceiver would respond to that, yeah, that's a nice idea. Now let's get back to reality because nothing ever happens (laughs) the way it was planned. And this is the way it should be. But you know what? This is how it is. So you need to just deal with it and go with the flow. Everybody can be both if they need to. The question is not what do you do? Because again, what you do is your behavior. It's about how you feel while you're doing it, how easy it is for you to do, and how well you do it without having to put a whole lot of effort into it. Okay, so if you've got the four letters, E or I, S or N, T or F, P or J, That means there could be up to 16 different personalities. So instead of going into all the details of all of the different personalities, today I'm going to explain what the functional order is in terms of dominant, auxiliary, tertiary, and inferior activities that you perform throughout the day. Some of them are your personality's natural preference. 
Some of them are what your personality actually hates to do, but still has to do. At some point, for some reason in the day, you are going to do things that are not your nature. Because if you're a healthy and happy person, you are able to do all kinds of things successfully. But in the terms of functional order, what again is like either breathing for you or like eating for you, it could be like walking for you or it could be running for you. How are you going to be successful and how much of each of those things do you need to do each day in order to be truly happy? If you are in a position right now, pun intended, the work that you do, that you might not actually have a job anymore or your job has been significantly reduced or, hmm, you know what, we'll let you know if we need you. What are you going to do about that? There's a lot of different things going on in the world. Knowing your true nature, this could be the opportunity for you to take a personal inventory and say, maybe I just need to completely change my lifestyle. Or maybe I just need to change my career. Maybe I need to create something different in my life. Because do you know if you are doing something that's very, very natural and very healthy for your personality, your job will come. The money will come because when you are a high quality soul performing your natural activities with a positive energy, everything in the world, your world, yes, but the world around you will also become better quality. So going back to the four terms of functional order, the dominant function, you need to be doing that 60% of your waking day. Now, Healthy, if you're healthy, you're awake for 16 hours a day because eight hours of sleep is pretty much agreed upon as a good healthy amount of rest to get every single day. So 16 hours of the day, well, 60% of that, 960 minutes of 16 hours, right? Okay, so you need to spend about nine and a half hours a day doing your dominant function. Like breathing, yeah, that's something you need to do pretty much all the time. You can stop doing it for, you know, once in a while, but it needs to be a general activity that you perform consistently throughout your day. You need to do your dominant function for nine and a half hours a day. Well, the auxiliary function, which is like eating, you need to make that 20% of your daily activities. Well, if you're awake for 16 hours, about 20% of that's going to be, you know, about three hours, maybe three and a half hours a day. You need to do your auxiliary function for three hours a day. Your tertiary function, which is like walking, you need to do that for about 15% of your day. Okay, so that's between two and three hours a day. Even though it's not your personality, it's something that's not, not um, natural for you to do. You still need to do it in order to be healthy, just like if you were walking, you know, for two hours a day. You could be walking up to eight miles a day. Yeah, that'd be a lot of work for you, but you'd be healthy and you'd still be happy. And then doing your inferior function, I tell people you really need to do it for at least 5% of your day, probably not more than 10%. That's 45 minutes to an hour and a half a day. You need to be doing something that's so contrary to your nature that it's like running, that is so hard for you to do. But you know what? Just like running, 
you can do it every day. And it is hard work. And you do have to keep doing it in order to be able to keep doing it. But it's not going to do damage to you to do things that are not your personality. You just need to remember that in those proportions, you need to spend nine hours a day at least doing your dominant function. You need to spend three hours a day doing your auxiliary function. You need to spend an hour and a half to two hours a day doing your tertiary function. And you need to spend 45 minutes to an hour and a half doing your inferior function. That's pretty simple. That's pretty easy to understand. And it's acceptable because you know that in life you're going to do things that are not your nature. The important thing is don't do them in excess. And this is the good part. This is what we're getting to. You have to do them with the motivation, the compensation, and the restoration to justify doing those things. So think about what you're currently doing in your life. How much of what you do throughout the day is so easy and enjoyable and natural for you that it's like breathing? How much of it is like eating? How much of it is like walking? How much of it is like running? Maybe we need to be specific now about what each of those different activities are. Well, the, the functional order, the dominant auxiliary, tertiary, and inferior activities are related to the two middle letters of your personality. That's either the S or the N and the T or the F. But since it includes all of them, there are four activities that includes all four letters. Even if you're an S, you are going to have to do N things. Even if you are a T, you are going to have to do F things in order to be healthy, happy, and successful. So how do we determine the functional order? I've gone over that again on the April 15th show. If you really want it slowly explained and in good detail, you can go ahead and replay that in the archives on the BBS radio website. But let's make it sort of a condensed explanation today. The way to determine your functional order is by the first and the last letter of your personality. The last letter of your personality is going to indicate which of the two middle letters of your personality has an extroverted orientation. It's not going to indicate what you do more often. It's going to indicate which of those activities is socially interactive for you. Then the first letter of your personality is going to indicate whether the socially interactive activity is first or second. Because if you're an introvert, your socially interactive activity, it's going to be pretty hard for you. If you're extroverted, then that's going to be the one that you prefer to do. So how does the last letter determine the socially interactive activity of one of your two middle letters? Well, if you're a P, it's the second letter that will be extrovertedly inclined because sensing and intuition is a perceptive function. When you're carrying out your decisions, if you're doing them in a perceptive way, that means that your perceptive activity of either sensing or intuition is going to be extroverted. If you're a J, you're a judger, it's your judging function that will have an extroverted orientation when you are carrying it out. That's the third letter of your personality. So if you're a J, it's either the T or the F that will be extroverted okay so again keeping that in mind if you're a j and your third letter is extroverted if you are an introvert 
that's going to make it the second activity on your list because your introverted activity will be first, your extroverted activity will be second. If you're an extrovert, then that letter will have a dominant place. Your extroverted activity will be the one that you prefer to do the most. And that makes great sense. It's pretty simple. But the great thing about nature, the wonderful thing about nature, is that it's all about harmony and balance. So whatever you do in an extroverted way as one of your middle letters, the other one will be introverted because anything in excess is going to be out of balance. So if your second letter is extroverted, then your third letter will be introverted. If your second letter is introverted, then your third letter will be the opposite, right? In balance, keeping it in balance. And everything, again, that stays in balance means that the activities that are not your personality that you do will have the opposite orientation of the letters that are your personality. So let's go ahead and just do the, the second letter, the S and the N. If your S is extroverted, then that means the N is introverted and it's something you're still going to have to do when your S in an extroverted way is one of your dominant or your auxiliary functions, then the N that's introverted is going to either be tertiary or inferior. So that means the other letter of your personality, the T or the F, is going to have the opposite orientation of the extroverted S. It will be introverted. And so when you're doing the other letter of that activity, it will have the opposite orientation. It will be extroverted. So let's keep in mind again the balance of nature. Let's say extroverted sensing is your dominant, then the other extreme, the inferior, will be introverted intuition. If extroverted sensing is your dominant, and that would mean the third letter, let's say thinking, would be introverted, that means your thinking in an introverted way will be the opposite of extroverted feeling. Since introverted thinking is number two, extroverted thinking will be number three because, again, when we're talking about balance, it would be to the same degree. Extroverted S is what you love to do the most. Well, introverted N is what you hate to do. If, you know, introverted thinking is good for you, it's like eating, then extroverted feeling will be just like walking. So now what do those things mean? We've got about five minutes to cover those things extroverted sensing, introverted intuition, extroverted thinking, introverted feeling. What is it? Bottom line, anything that's extroverted means socially interactive. Okay, so, so thinking about sensing in an extroverted way, that would mean having a meal with someone and wanting to talk to them. If you had an extroverted sensing preference, you would be great at doing jobs where you needed hand-eye coordination, awareness of your environment, great response to what's going on around you, but with other people. Well, introverted sensing, you have an ability to be very engaged in your environment. You're very aware of what's going on around you and you're responsive to it, but if you're introverted while you do it, that means you prefer to do it alone. How about intuition? Well, if you're extrovertedly intuitive, that means that you're socially interactive when you're thinking about all of these different ideas and concepts and 
you know, and what about this? And thinking out loud, a lot of thinking out loud and engaging with other people, liking it when they think out loud with you. That's extroverted intuition. Introverted intuition is being inside of yourself with your own thoughts. Leave me alone. Hold on, hold on. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say something? Introverted intuition is being inside yourself with your thoughts and your feelings and all the different experiences that have nothing to do with what's going on around you. In an introverted way means you need to be alone while you're doing it. Extroverted thinking is coming to decisions, making decisions and conclusions and actually taking all of those thoughts that your intuition has kind of mold around and put together and taken apart and saying, okay, now it's time to do something and we need to decide what we're going to do. If you're a thinker, you're going to want to be rational and logical in an extroverted way means collaborating with others, being verbally interactive in the decision-making process. If you're an introverted thinker, you need to be left alone. You need to be able to have the responsibility of coming to great conclusions, analysis and and judgment calls about the information that you have taken apart and put back together. Well, maybe no, it's just this is the final decision. I need to do it alone. If people are interrupting you in the decision-making process and it throws off your decision-making process, that means you're an introverted thinker. Okay, how about feeling? If you make decisions about about life in a feeling way, your extroverted feeling means that you do want to have other people around. You want them involved in the way that you make decisions about their personal needs and their feelings and their happiness, being socially interactive. A lot of things like that are customer service or food service. When you're giving people things that make them happy, and you're being verbally interactive with them, all kinds of people, all day long, you do need to be engaged with them while you're making those decisions. Well, you would think all feelers then would want to be social. That's not true. An introverted feeler would be very aware of the people in their life that they want to make happy, but it would need to be a few people in a limited way and mostly nonverbal. An introverted feeler does things in a in a very sensitive and caring and generous and giving way by themselves or only directly interacting with a few people at a time a few times throughout the day ask yourself take a look at your life and say do you know what activities are best for you which ones are the most enjoyable for you which ones you do naturally well Maybe it's time for you to ask yourself those questions. Take a look. Do an inventory of your current daily life and more importantly, your ideal daily life. What would be the best thing for you to do? This is the time. Take advantage of the opportunity. Get to know yourself and take action based on what's good for you, what's natural for you, and what's healthy for you. That's going to make your quality better and quality is always better than quantity in yours mine and ours